Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I feel like you should really appreciate your come up. It's the most romantic part of your career. When you get past all the bullshit, then you're like, really, this was great. And it did happen for a reason, and the universe did make it go this way. A lot of the relationships that we put ourselves through are very temporary. People come in your life for a reason. Those reasons are the stories that you tell to other people. I think it's such a beautiful time right now where people are really being encouraged to celebrate their culture and celebrate their differences and celebrate things that we've maybe been made to feel ashamed of. Yo, what's up? What's up? It's Sean Leon. Hi, it's Myrna. What's up, guys? This is Khalid. Hey, what's up? It's Ali. You're listening to The Come Up Show. Get inspired. Hey, welcome to The Come Up Show podcast. My name is Cheddar. I'm the host and founder of The Come Up Show. So thankful for you to join us. And my special guest today goes by MBDY, also known as Nobody. He is from New Jersey. He was in Toronto on a tour. And uh, I'm so glad that he was able to come through The Come Up Show podcast. We talked about the, the line of musicians that he comes from and how music literally saved his life. If it wasn't for music, as he said, he wouldn't fall in victim to his demons. And yo, this guy is smart, man. I'm telling you, these new generation artists are not only artists, they're marketers, they're entrepreneurs, and they know so much more, and nobody is that type of artist. So I'm glad to share that with you right now on the Come Up Show podcast. Let's go. Please introduce yourself. What's going on, everybody? My name is NBDY, but you can call me Mr. Nobody. I miss your number four, don't see you like before Back when we first met, that was 2010 You put sangria in juice boxes, now we out here while I'm making out on conscious crime I'm looking if they bucking, they don't want no problem Cool, hopping, hiding out all day, cause your pops was racist But we chasing bigger dreams and things, trying to figure out when You switch up, you switch up on me, how you gonna switch up on me? Soon as I figured your way, you try to flip it on me See me moving through the ranks, I see you stay in a place Hope this keep you up at night, my mission number five You're the first one I say, made me feel real love Mr. Nobody, man, yeah. and uh, welcome to Toronto, Canada, my G Thank you, man, I love Toronto, I'm glad to be here First time, or? Uh, it's not my first time here, but it's, um, it was my first time performing here, actually, yesterday at the Drake Hotel? Yeah, at the Drake Hotel. Tell us about that. That was a freaking amazing, amazing turnout. Like, I didn't expect that many people to pop out, so it was dope. It was my mm. first, like, uh, it's my first time coming out to, to Toronto as NBDY and people, like, really finally, like, getting to see me for who I am. Like, people have been asking me for so long to come out here. Mm. You know, I've been putting out music for about, like, two years or so, so mm. it's been, it's cool. It was a dope. It was a good vibe. Yeah, good good vibe. You guys are like really, really like nice. Like the love out here is like just super genuine. And I think that you really felt that energy in the room last night. Mm. It was like just everybody was just like, wow, like this is just like they were mad genuine. And you don't get that everywhere. You know, some people yeah. kind of are like, yeah, what's too scared it, to show love. What's it like to cross, you know, cross the border and, you know, to perform in cities like Toronto and people are receiving your music and and to get that energy, man? It's inspiring. It's, it's inspiring and it's, it's fulfilling at the same time. Like, I don't see myself how everybody else sees me. And, and I mean that in the way like they see me as, you know, this big artist or this artist coming up and everything. Whereas I look at myself as like the same guy that I, that I was like five years ago. You know, so it's really just humbling to see, you know, all these people connect to these stories that I've, I've made, you know, mm. and coming from a personal place, not even thinking that people would even be able to relate or connect to it. I did it for me first and being able to travel now because, you know, so many people were able to genuinely connect to my music. That's just everything for me. Hmm. And, uh, and, and music has been in your, in your blood and your lifeblood and your, and your family. Yeah. You come from a family of musicians. Yeah. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the history of music in your family? Yeah. So both yeah. my mom and my pops are musicians. Yeah. Um, my great grandfather was a jazz musician. Um, he taught uh, his kids, my grandfather and my aunt, mm -hmm. um, he taught them all how to sing and, you know, read music and everything. And, uh, you know, my grandfather just passed it down to all his kids. He, you know, tried his best to teach his kids everything they could about music. And, you know, my mom and my aunts, they were all in a group together, a girl group. 
Um, and then so tell us the names because we like the history. Because uh, I can't, I can't give you the names, bro. <laughs> can't give you the names. What about your great grandfather? Like, what was his name as a musician? Um, it was just. Uh, you, he, you, I, don't, I don't think he had a. I don't think he had a name. Hmm. No, he didn't have like a he didn't have a moniker or anything that he that he went by. Are you are you shy about sharing the like the family like music names? You don't want people to connect the dots or something or or what? No, I don't mind people yeah. connecting the dots. I just I, I like to keep my family just you know okay. off guards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So, but there's definitely some names names there. Like uh, like you were saying, your great grandfather taught your grandfather mm -hmm. and he would host the likes of legend Sarah Vaughn at his home for jazz lessons. Yeah, my great-grandfather was an amazing person. So before the riots in Newark, um, Newark, New Jersey, that's where a lot of my family come from. Uh, it was a very, you know, it was a pretty diverse town. A lot of Jews lived in that area. So like the neighborhood was really, really nice. And the jazz, uh, the jazz uh, scene was really booming around that time uh, in Newark. So there was a lot of legends down, like just casually in that area so like my my grandfather hung out hung out with a lot of people like miles davis uh bing crosby sarah vaughn like they would all come over to my grandma and my grandpa's house and mm -hmm. you know just uh, my grandfather would play on the piano and you know do music with them basically so my 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 grandfather grew up all around all of that hmm. yeah that's and that's obviously you weren't around for these times right like no i wasn't around <laughs> no 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 I'll be immortal if that's the case. No, yeah, <laughs> got some good genes, bro. <clears throat> uh, and so regarding uh, your fam, and then your father was signed to Sony, like Sony, yeah. as like I guess he befriended Wyclef John and got some kind of connection yeah. there. Yeah. So my dad, yeah. no relation to my actual grandfather. My grandfather is on my mom's side. Okay. No relation. Yeah. But my dad, um, my dad was a he was adopted, so I don't really know much about his his side of the family. But uh, he was. Uh, Somehow he came across the Fugees and Wyclef Jean and hit it off with them. And they had a situation with um, RCA, him and his brother Sadek. And uh, they actually created a little collective called Fabla under the RCA umbrella. Fabla. Um, Fabla, yeah. yeah. And uh, that was going to be the label that, you know, my dad was going to be like the, the head of and everything. But, mm -hmm. you know, everything fell through because we all became, well, they all became products of their environments. You know, mm -hmm. it was too much, uh, too much fame, too much stress. And he didn't really know how to juggle the two. He didn't know how to juggle the real life with the fame and all the fortune, like all the glory. And it it caused a lot of different issues throughout throughout life. Well, that's a timeless issue that's going on today. With yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's that it's that disconnect. And it's like, no, there's no one really educating people on, you know, the importance of, of staying grounded. Because that's literally the downfall of a lot of people, is just knowing, knowing what it takes, or just keeping the right people around you to keep you grounded and tell you like, yo, you you bugging, like yo, chill, like chill the fuck out, basically. Mm -hmm. Like my dad didn't have nobody like that around him. Everybody was just, they was real, but like everybody like was just like a yes man to him. And he's nineteen at the time, so yeah, nineteen year old. Everybody telling him, yeah, he got his got his first record deal. You know, all the shorties on, everybody want him. So yeah. That's that's Plus basically the game what it was. It's not in books. It's not on yeah. YouTube. There's no tutorials or yeah. like lessons like you could find easily and learn about, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So tell me about like you know as you are uh, uh, coming out as a new artist and and going and still fairly new as a mm -hmm. as an artist, got a lot to go. Uh, yeah, staying grounded and keeping those real ones around you because <clears throat> um, uh, as you gain more success, right? success and you're paying bills, you're taking care of people, I would assume that it'd be, it'd be hard for other people to tell you no or to, to scare you mm -hmm. if you're taking care of them. That's kind of challenging to be really real about somebody and like really check them. It's kind of hard, no? It, I mean, yeah. it is. I guess if everybody, everybody's different. Yeah. So it is. But like, to be honest, if somebody, me personally, I, I don't want nobody taking care of me. Like, if it's going to be a hindrance on you, if you're not doing it out of the kindness of your heart, I don't give a fuck about your money. I don't care. Mm. Like, that's just how it is. So I don't, I don't see I'm it I'm talking like about that. vice versa. You but, taking care of other people. But me taking care <laughs> of other people, yeah. it, it, it kind of, nah, I, I would be open. I would yeah. be very open to, you know, listen to criticism, very open to criticism. Mm. But I'm, I am also very stern on my opinions as well. You know, if I really, if I'm strong about it. True. Yeah. And how do you balance that? Not. And just regarding in terms of, you know, making life decisions, but creatively, mm -hmm. when you feel very strongly about something and people are telling you, yo, I don't know about that. It's just you, when, you, when you feel something, you just can't, 
like for me, it's I don't know how to explain it, but when I feel it, I feel it. Mm. You know, I, a lot of things that I feel or that I felt are things that maybe people haven't yet. Mm-hmm. But like I just I understand it on my end, and I know how how it should be, you know, put out or it should be rolled out or this or that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, I don't know how to really explain that. Well, if you're if you don't listen to your intuition, then yeah, that's all it really mean? is. It's just yeah. really li- listening to my intuition about, it. and that's how I write my music too. Like whenever I'm listening to I'm listening to a song, the way that I I decide if it's done or not, if I can just listen to it, mm-hmm. and you know, and it takes me through those the wave of emotions that you know that I was feeling when I heard the beat. So that's intuition. Yeah. Yeah. So you're carrying the the, the family line though with the with the music, mm-hmm. right? You're carrying the torch. Uh, you know, you're signed to a new uh, or a relaunch Arista Records. Yeah, Arista. Yeah. Arista, mm-hmm. uh, which is home to Whitney Houston, Carlos Santana, Aretha Franklin, like so many like so many legends, legends, Outcast, Outcast, Donnell Jones, Usher. Like, <laughs> it's crazy, it goes right? On and on. Yeah. Right when you go into the office and see the statues and the plaques and like the music history and like yo, it's this insane. is insane, right? Like I, I still can't believe it to this day. I'm, it's like it's like I said, it's very humbling. How did that it's come about? Humbling. Like, it, yeah, I was, uh, I was in LA recording for my EP, mm-hmm. and we had we had a lot of meetings at the time, and I think that the heat was really rising, um, with with you know me and who I was. A, about to go with or who I was meeting with at the time. So like a lot of people were calling me into their office even more. And um, I, w- I had a meeting with Sony that didn't go as we, we wanted it to. And then a few days later, my managers had hit me up and they were like, yeah, so David Massey wants to, wants to talk to you. And I'm like, David Massey wants to talk to me? Okay, cool. Like, well, let's see what he wants. And then like- And for the people who don't know who that is, who is that? David Massey is yeah. the president of Barrister. Yeah. Yeah, he's the president and CEO of Barrister. Mm-hmm. And- uh, yeah, so he hit me up and he was just like, yeah, he wants to meet you. And he's a really big fan. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I'm looking forward to it. Like, he's a really big fan, absolutely. And then sure enough, like, when I met him, like, he he was more excited than I was. <laughs> he was, like, very, very animated and everything. And that just made me feel so, like, at home, like, from the jump when mm-hmm. I had first met him out in L.A. Um, so, yeah, I met his daughter that night, too, Cleo. And I performed for them upstairs inside of the hotel room. And a couple of weeks had went by. I came home from uh, from LA, and uh, I, I still wasn't really sure if the deal was gonna go through or not or anything, you know. But I just knew that it was a really great meeting. That's all that I knew. Mm. And then um, when I got home, my manager's like, "Yeah, so we have a meeting with with David and you know the team on on Monday." And he's like, "We're gonna sign." I'm like, "We are." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." So we signed. We signed that Monday. <laughs> mm, that quick. Yeah, it kind of all just like fell into place, like. I wasn't expecting anything, and um, that's that's really how I've been moving through this this industry because I've been working in and out of it for the past five years or so. Yeah, and um, it's just been a lot of letdowns, a lot of letdowns with expectations set behind them. You know, the more expectations I had, the more shit people filled filled in my head, and the bigger the letdowns got. Yeah, and then eventually it's just like, all right, I'm jaded to all this shit right now. Like, all right, what's okay, cool. I hear you. What's up? Yeah. So, like, are we, do you want to work or are we not going to work? Or is that's basically like where I was eventually. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, it's kind of like a way to try to protect you, your emotions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Especially in, in LA. Not, hey, let's do even, lunch. <laughs> I wouldn't even say to protect my emotions. It's, it's just to, res- to, to respect my, my, my time and my, my craft and my creativity. Like a lot of people, they like to waste your time because they just, they want to see what it is. Like, but then, I feel like you should at least just let that person know, like, all right, nah, this isn't gonna work out for us. Like, no, it's not gonna go through. Don't fill their head, head up with dreams and all and a whole bunch of shit because it's not what you see. You know? Mm. <laughs> I feel like you're gonna you just stop yourself from saying something. So let's yeah, so now you're where you're at right now. <laughs> uh but let's take it back uh for to 2012. <clears throat> You're on YouTube posting covers. Yeah, man. 2012 uh, was a big year. I was 17. Yeah. Posting YouTube covers and like people in school just started like really, really paying attention to me. Like nobody really fucked with me in high school. I was just always like laying low and stuff. I was always kept keeping my head uh, to, like just in music. I was always in the music room. If I wasn't in class, you skip in class, you find me skipping in music. Mm-hmm. And I started putting videos up and then everybody's like, oh, you could really sing. I'm like, Bro, you, I've been singing at all the fucking assemblies for the past couple of years. Like, now y'all want to fuck with me. But the love was real. It was real for the first time. And I started seeing people, like, really come together and 
show support. Mm. And then I was like, I should continue doing this, basically. My manager got a, got me together, and um, we just continued doing that, and we we built from nothing. We built from the ground, and I was in 2012, and we did that for about, I think, four years. Four yeah. Years. Where did it go from there? Because there was some success there early, right, or no? Yeah, there was some success. Uh, we we a success on, on the YouTube end. Like a viral success, yeah. like you started getting traction on YouTube. Yeah, we started getting a lot of traction on YouTube. Yeah. We dropped, uh, a, I dropped a video called Say Something. I think it was like 2013 that I had dropped or 2014 that I dropped that. And um, that video went super viral, like super, super viral. And that really helped out our, our brand a lot. So from from the all the traction from that video we kind of just were like, all right, cool. We got to keep this momentum up. Let's continue doing more videos, more videos. And whether or not the quality shit, it doesn't matter. We're going to continue to get better. Let's just keep on getting videos out. And, um, you know, as we were going, I was learning a lot about the branding. I was learning a lot about marketing. I was learning about learning, uh, learning a lot about the stuff behind the scenes and also networking, like like social networking. Like I never really looked at it as like a, a tool to really grow your business. Like until we started doing that. And um, yeah, like so, four years into it, we we had released an album, and you know it all came to an end eventually because we because we couldn't settle on things creatively, like you know, with the team, and uh, we just decided to to stop. Hmm. And then at that point, I was like, I don't know if I want to still do music anymore. I'm like, eh. Were you burnt out? Or... I was burnt out. Yeah, I was burnt out creatively. I was burnt out emotionally, and it. I was burned out emotionally mainly because I felt like I suppressed a lot of my creativity during that process, during that time, because we were, we were still learning and we were also trying to fit in, you know, we were trying to fit into something that clearly we didn't fit into what was as the, well. What was, what were people emulating at that time? Who was the hot person that time? Like, was that the EDM, R&B was doing EDM? Yeah. Like that? The R&B was doing EDM. Yeah. Um, very pop based and... Yeah. Um, like I, I love, I love, I love always, I always call it alternative music. Growing up, I always thought that like singer songwriting music was alternative music. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved like you know those pop type records that like John Mayer would write, or you know people like that would write. Um, but yeah, we were really going in that EDM direction, and at the same time, we were kind of like, nah, we don't really want to do this. Like this is not what we want to do. You want to do something more laid back to where we can really talk about something. And the more we were kind of like told to do like all right we needed something more up tempo more tempo it was getting hard to write to those types of records because i'm like i don't know where to draw inspiration from because i'm not feeling it you know it was getting really hard and outside of just like the writing thing it was just a lot of issues personally that we dealt with like i said mm-hmm. I, me personally i suppressed a lot of my creativity and, and my personality yeah well people if people don't know i don't think we made it clear you were working with another you were a duo in a duo correct? yeah I was, I was in a duo yeah it wasn't of, just of you like, chris Aaron. yeah yeah, so you and another artist, right? So, yeah. That, like, yeah, that, that back and forth or whatever. Yeah. So uh, that time, so what did you learn? What did you learn from that whole process? I learned from that whole process that you just really have to trust your intuition a lot more. You have to learn to trust your yourself, and and that's a process in itself. Like that process took me a, a long time, not as long as as we worked together, but it took me after that whole thing had stopped. It took me like about a year and a half to really understand, okay, what is this intuition thing? Like, all right, is it really right all the time? No, not, not necessarily, but it became a, a really big tool in, in how I wrote my music and mm. what I wrote about. Because, yeah, like, uh, you, yeah, you started getting super personal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I kind of like never really had anybody to really like talk to about like shit that I was going through in my head, whether it be with relationships. I never really had like too much of like a, a father figure in my life or like even like a big brother figure in my life or nothing like that. Like my managers, I consider him like my brother, mm-hmm. you know, but before him, like I never really had anybody to talk about these feelings and these types of emotions and stuff with. Mm-hmm. So I just put it in my music. I just wrote it, wrote about it. Mm. And that, that was like the best thing for me. That was the best thing I could have ever done. In what ways? The best thing? It helped me grow a lot. Help me like learn to give less fucks, following that intuition. Mm-hmm. And just really just be comfortable in who I am, like being comfortable. Like I was very afraid to for people to see me in a vulnerable state for a long time. Like I didn't want people to see me like as that that young kid from the hood or a black kid. And then I get like typed as, you know, oh, he's just this or he's just that. So I wouldn't tell people shit about my life. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just make everybody think that everything was peachy and, and good. Like, cause y'all want to understand, y'all going to judge me if I tell you my real, my real story. So, you know, then you're going to be scared of me, scared of me probably or something like that. But that didn't happen, did it? No, nah, it didn't. Yeah. The reaction was completely opposite. Yeah. It's completely opposite. I mean, people still are kind of afraid when afraid of me, but I think that's just some other But shit. it's so funny has uh, us as not only music fans, but as, as humans, mm-hmm. when somebody tells us their vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. things they're, they're scared, worried, or even, uh, you know, stupid stuff that they do, yeah. we feel comfortable. <laughs> like, we're like, oh, okay, we can trust this person. Yeah. I can relate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I could just, I feel safe in some way, somehow. Like, we like, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Right? Is that what you were getting? Is that what That's happen? exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. And I was like, oh. And I saw that even more when I when I went out to LA last year to record for the EP. Like, it was, I went to LA um, to record for the EP, and I tell everybody, I'm like, I went to LA, and my life changed when I came back. Like, there was just the most, like, knowledge. I got so much knowledge from that. Like, just understanding people in general, and... Just, just being open myself to people, opening myself more to, more to people, like letting them know, okay, well, this is what I want to write about. This is who I am. And this is what I'm talking about right now. You know, that kind of like forced me to to just put myself more so in the forefront and tell my story mm. to strangers, Get used to, getting used to that. By that, do you mean like telling a producer or an engineer or you mean like- yeah. what they're all strangers that? to me. Okay. Before, I, yeah, before yeah. I, I get in the studio, usually a lot of times, you know, a lot of those people were strangers and I was just going out there working based off of like people who hit me up on Instagram mm-hmm. or, you know, who would reach out to my manager. Yeah. So, you know, it was really hard for me when going into a lot of those sessions to just be like, okay, yeah, this is who I am. Cool. Like- Yeah. Like, who are you that I'm, I'm you know? Yeah. And, and plus, can I trust you? Exactly. Can I trust you enough to like, for you not to judge me while I'm in here creating? You know, I can like genuinely be who I am and you're not going to sit here and be condescending to me or try to tell me that this, this, this or not. Like, it's, I don't mind people giving their input at all, at all. It's just the way, it's just the way you go about it. Yeah. You know, you have to understand how to work with people and just respect them as like me. I don't give I don't I don't care too much about what other people do. Mm-hmm. You know, I treat people with, with respect, the same type of respect that I would want to give back myself. Mm-hmm. So. Going into um, those sessions really opened my eyes, and I came back from LA just a completely different person. Came back from LA, a completely different person. So, like after that th- that time, you know, when you know you went you went through those music experiences, you got burnt out, and then shortly after, you uh, you you had a relationship mm-hmm. with your girlfriend that mm-hmm. of three years that fell apart, and yeah. it was your first heartbreak. Yeah, you were isolated. Were yeah. what were the uh what you know? Tell me about that time and what were you yeah. feeling emotionally and how that helped you. That was in that yeah. was all at the same time that that the Chris Aaron project had fell apart. Yeah, so we weren't talking, and so like I told you, I didn't have anybody to talk to at the time. Yeah, and like I didn't feel comfortable going to my manager at the time because I'm like, yeah, he's he's, I don't know, I just wasn't. I I can go to him about anything, but just certain things in that moment, I just felt like I needed to deal with first on my own. Mm-hmm. You know. And music was the best way for me to do that. Right. And before I even started doing MBDY, like I told him that I didn't want to do any more music. I was like, I don't want to do any music. I just want to create at this point. I'm like, I need to figure out, you know, what's next for me. Mm -hmm. So he just gave me the space to do that. And uh, then I wrote used to. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, put it out. And I'm like, nah, he like, Put it out, bro. Just keep, just put it, trust me. I feel like this song is going to be one of the big songs. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. And I'm like, all right, cool. Eventually I caved. And um, I was like, all right, if I'm going to do it, I have to I have to do it the way that I see it right. You know, the way that, you know, it represents me, the way I want to be represented. So like, he would always ask me a lot of questions about, okay, well, all right, cool. If you're going to do that, then you tell me who are you? I'm like, you know who I am. What are you talking about? He just kept on asking me a lot of questions, like, so I can really, like, just understand more about the making the brand solid. You know, like you said, he's like, if you're going to go out as as a solo artist and you want people to pay more attention to the music and really understand you as a brand, like, you really have to have have that shit down pack. Like, you need to know who your audience is going to be. You need to know what it is that you like and what it is that you don't. So I took a whole lot of time and I just really got got really close to to myself. Mm. Yeah, because you basically, yeah, like you did a workshop or a master plan of like, or uh, like you assessed yourself. You audited yourself. Yeah, every fucking day, day in, day out. I would go to work, work for for eight, ten, sometimes even like 16 hours and come home and be up just like thinking about, okay, 
if if I do this, like how we market this, and if I do this, and how would I do this? And it was just it was just dedication, and I was just grinding. Mm-hmm. At the time I was working more than forty hours in a week. Yeah, yeah, and especially nowadays, you know, some people are like, oh, you know, art is art, but like, uh, some people, I don't know, see, you know, they say art shouldn't be branded, or you're artists, you're not a brand, but you nowadays when things are so saturated you do have mm-hmm. to you know when people go to future first they know what they're getting from future as an example exactly when they go to j cole they know what they're getting from j yeah. cole or that's Kendrick an artist or, right that's an artist that's I, I consider myself an artist i consider myself a musician yeah you know like just like has as if you were talking about basquiat or if you were talking about like banksy or, or one of them like they're yeah. they're they're their brand still like their yeah. art it represents their brand and who they are. Exactly. Like it goes way deeper than just just what you see, you yeah. know? We like they and a real artist makes their audience think. A real audience doesn't doesn't just give their audience, you know, tell their audience what to think. They kind of like let their audience think for themselves. Mm. Yeah, and that's so once you put that together and then that's how that informs the marketing decision. Mm-hmm the how you do everything yeah. basically right yeah and it was once as i really like uh, got grasped that concept it was really easy because i'm like i know what i like and i know what i don't so like i know how i want to be seen i know you know what what uh what things on you know youtube or online like what i interact with and i know how to interact with these things because i've been doing social media for so long and uh it just it, it worked out for me it really it worked out really well mm. and th- and that's how you know Cause you say people see me as this big artist or whatever, but mm-hmm. then like that's how the, the perception is because that's how you guys planned it out. You know, yeah, when they look at the music videos and they look yeah, at- I'm like if I'm like I'm not gonna half ass nothing. I'm not gonna half ass it. I'm like we've been doing this for too long for me and me knowing what I know. Yeah. There's no reason as to why I would put out something that would be half assed to my abilities at the in that in that moment or in that time. Yeah, and plus, you can, but you shouldn't half ass anything because. Yo, there's just too much things out there. You there's really need to stand Too much in the out. world to see. Yeah. There's too many places that I'm trying to go to. Yeah. There's a lot of money I'm trying to get. Yeah. At the same time, so this was my way out of out of out of out of my uh, out of my situation with work and. So you know. part of that whole thing, your artist name, you know, nobody, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you said it growing up, I got ignored a lot. You can't remember a time you didn't feel an, an invisible and significant, like you were nobody. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me about that time. Is that like high school days or? That's or since what? I was born. Since you were born. Yeah, like a, like since I was a kid. Like I have a, I'm, I'm a middle child in the family, so then so I think you'll you'll understand that a little more. People mm-hmm. will understand it a little bit better. Um, so as a middle middle kid, you kind of get shit from the older kids, but at the same time, you got you're kind of like not the favorite no more because you got little siblings now. Yeah. So like nobody really sees you as like significant. <laughs> yeah. So it's really hard to stand out in a, in a, in a big family. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. And so is, is that only in the family or is that also when you go out or when you're, you know, well, me socializing? Not being able to stand out. I was very, uh, in my own family, I, when I go out into the public and into the world, like I would be very shy as well. You know, I wouldn't, in the people that would that I would draw close to, I would only draw close to them to an extent because I wouldn't trust anybody. Yeah, it's because your home, your, the home is where you're being shaped. Right? Yeah, exactly. And then at home, it's like, you don't, we don't, we're not, we don't, practice being open we don't practice like you know talking about our feelings and shit like that so mm-hmm. i just keep my mouth shut mm-hmm. and how does that influence like you know the music and who you are and today it influence i feel like if i didn't change it would have it, w- it would have affected me and i would have become became the same person i would have become a product of my environment just like everybody else has mm-hmm. um it's helped me mature in a very, very like fast, at a fast pace. Um, I don't think that I would be who I am today. I probably would have been very much more young-minded. Like people ask me when they talk to me, like, oh, how old are you? Like, it sounds like you've been here before. And it's like, well, since I was a young kid, I kind of like always just really didn't, I had to just figure shit out on my own. Like I didn't really have people I can go to and ask for advice and, and stuff like that. So like I was always reading, always doing shit online, looking up on stuff online. Like my, my grandma, uh, my dad's mother, she used to, uh, she taught me how to read. She taught me how to read when I was like three or two years old. So like, she's always kept me into like reading books and and just doing research and stuff like that. So I, I was like a little book nerd and shit. I was still a badass kid though, mm-hmm. but I was, I was, I was a nerd. I loved reading. I've always loved that. 
And I think all that stuff has, has kind of molded me to where I am. What today. were you nerding out on? I was nerding out on, I loved fiction. I love like, like, uh, like literature stuff, like uh, Edgar Allan Poe. Um, I love uh, John Steinbeck uh, as an author. And then I'd also like read the dictionary. <laughs> Me and my brother, we used to argue with each other, and he'd be like, "Oh, you don't, you don't know what this means. What is, what is the even means?" And I, I go into the dictionary just so I could be able to argue with him. Yeah, I'd go into the dictionary and look up the direct, the, uh, the definition, just so I can like argue back and forth with him. Mm-hmm. You know, and eventually you become a know a know it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, uh, you and also the people who read and people who read, you know, read just read. You have yeah. a better vocabulary and like. Yeah. You can express yourself. Yeah, and that's another ways. thing that a lot of people didn't understand about me either. Like yeah. People would be like, okay. Like so when I get really, really into something, I, I I get super like articulate and shit. So people would be like, oh, you sound white. <laughs> people would like say that. So it's like, okay, now, now, I'm, now I'm labeled as like this weird wannabe black white kid now. Yeah. Even though that wasn't who I am. It was just because people didn't care to even find out who the fuck I, like if I really was even a cool kid, mm-hmm. you know? Well, no, we get that in our community, right? When yeah. we're smart, we sound too smart or yeah. we're not the the mm-hmm. framework of what people think that, you know, yeah. a black kid should be, then you get start getting made fun of. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I uh, feel like I, I feel like I embody everything that's that's black and and being literate and educated is not a bad thing. No, that's, it isn't. That was that was a, a stigma in the in urban communities, like if you're too smart. Yeah. You know? It's weird really fucking weird it is and i think it's hopefully changing i think being too I think smart nowadays is like i think it's changing yeah i mean i haven't been been around uh where i went to school or the places that i've grown up so i can't really like you know say if those areas are changing but i do see more um more being brought to to a, a public platform yeah about that well actually nowadays you gotta be perfect if you're an artist, if there's some, anything like, you got to be careful because you get canceled in two seconds. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's real true. It's I mean, like, it's not like, a, it, it goes back to what I said about being a genuine person. Yeah. Like if you out here talking shit about people, you know, it's going to come back to you regardless. Like whatever you put out into the universe is going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. Inevitably. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about music. Like you talked <clears throat> about like how music, you know, it helped you express, you kept you alive. It kept you out of this... In, uh, I don't know. I've never been to Newark, New Jersey, but I heard it's rough. It's, it's, it's rough. I call it the woods. The woods. Yeah. Uh, why do you call it the woods? Because it's fucking wild, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. Like, it's wild. If you look up, like, the, the history of Newark yeah. and, like, like I told you, like, the civil rights movements and the riots in the 70s and the 80s. Yeah. Um, the crack epidemic, how how that really took over Newark. And, you know, it it was like a zombie land at one point, you know, very, very uh, drug drug driven and it's completely different now compared to how it was back then but you know there's still a lot of crime out there and yeah it's not always it's not the best environment to raise to raise your your, your family yeah. and people get swept up in that yeah it's yeah it's not the best environment to raise your family if if you're not like financially stable at least yeah yeah uh and so i think you said i would have fallen victim to my demons in my city a long time ago if i've never picked up a pen big facts Big facts. That's so. That's how music has transformed yeah. you. Yeah, I was like I said, I, I kind of wasn't. It was hard to stand out in, in my family. So, like, music was and writing was the only thing that I could do to really kind of like get out my feelings and shit. And I used to like I used to write notes to myself or um, in like a journal or something. I would like hide them under my bed, and like sometimes my brothers and sisters would find them, mm-hmm. and then they would just like shit on me all the time for the shit I would write and yeah but that's just older siblings for you yeah being fucking brats now we're 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 like we're best friends we're all cool as fuck so it's whatever that's awesome yeah so uh you know how you talked about how you think about things before you put something out or whatever uh I wonder and like you know a game plan Mm -hmm. how do you compete with the rate of that of the rate of how fast music is released nowadays right like like last year, how much, mm. how many albums came out, right? Like how many projects, how many yeah. EPs, like, you know, it could be the biggest person in the world a week later, people are not even talking about it. You, like a, or a few weeks later, it's mm-hmm. like, it's a microwave era basically. Right. So how do you compete with that of like strategizing and making music that can stand the test of time, but also not being gone for a year or two? Do what, do what's within your, what's within your limits, basically do what, what you're able to. Like, I feel like a lot of people, they want to try to, 
they try to overcompensate and then the quality ends up coming coming out not as great mm-hmm. even though they still get get the product out there the quality ends up not coming becoming as great but i say do what you can within your limits because it's a whole market you're not going to shoot straight to the top mm-hmm. so if, if you if you let's say for example if you have a single that you're dropping you want to you want to release it okay now figure out a marketing plan understand what you can do within you know your limits as far as like money for spending what you know like create a budget you know, figure out ways, different ways that you can market, do your research on SEO, do your research on all that shit, you know, so that it can be less, you know, less uh, expensive for you and do, do what's in your limits, do, do it, do what you can and see where it goes. And then you'll get data back from that. Regardless, you get data back from that and that'll be data that you can use towards the next release. And it's just like a ripple effect. You just continue doing that. And so for me, it was just all studying, studying myself and studying how uh, my fans interacted with me and my music. Uh, so like you really are like you like the, you talked about SEO, mm-hmm. like you're really looking at those things and really studying that, like the marketing aspect. And like, are you you're handling yeah. that yourself or you somebody else is teaching you or no, I was I was yeah. teaching myself all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would always go to my my manager whenever I had something um, to to propose to him. Mm-hmm. I would bring it to him and then I would ask his his opinion. Mm-hmm. And then like he would always tell me his thoughts on it. And then we would just go back and forth on it from there. Mm-hmm. And then like when it, he would tell me what his thoughts is, then I'll go, I'll go back, you know, home and then just go back and do more research. And like, okay, okay, I understand how he's doing that, but how can we make it bigger? How can we make it better? How can we still make it effective? Mm-hmm. And, oh, but I can't afford this. So I have to like, you know, I, now I got to figure out another way. So that's really all it is. Everything is trial and error. And like, just try not to just go, sh- like just think straight up to the top. Like, unrealistic that's very unrealistic it happens it does happen for everyone but you can't assume that that's what's going to happen when, as soon as you drop yeah. if you do then hell shit it's fucking amazing you don't have to do as much work but if yeah. it doesn't then what are you going to do now you gotta you, learn the you, game you're going to be depressed and upset because your, your, your record isn't doing anything but you're not working it you expect to just put it out and expect the universe to just take care of it but that's not how shit works you got to put out to give to get back Hundred uh, percent. Do you want to bring your row? Is Rose? Word. Bring. Yeah. I want to bring him out. My, yeah. my homie Row. If Rose here yeah. around, bring him through. We're gonna talk about. Row plays guitar with me on the road. Yeah. He's also an artist himself. Um, but we've been like boys since middle school, since we were like thirteen years old. In Newark, you met him. Yeah. Like, well, we we yeah. we kind of came up in Orange. Orange is. Is like an extension of Newark. It's like its own city now, but like mm-hmm. back in the day, like Newark was just this big ass fucking thing before they got split into boroughs. Mm-hmm. That's dope. Yeah. So he <clears throat> plays he plays guitar with you on the road. Yeah, he plays guitar on the road. Okay, dope. Okay, yeah. he can come through. Hey, Ro, come in, come inside. Ro. Bro. R O W. R O. R O. Yes, R O. Okay. R-O. I thought a W because people just have a hard time. Yeah. <laughs> like roll your boat, you know. <laughs> That's why you say oh, you're roll your boat. Uh, so you're a guitarist. Yeah, guitarist. Yeah. Singer, producer, work, jack of all trades. You know, word, <laughs> jack of all trades. Artist. Uh, so how did you guys meet? How did you meet? <laughs> Man, yeah. I, middle school. To be honest, I don't. I'm not sure if I remember the exact day that we met, but I do remember when I had when I first. Uh, actually, the first time I met you, I think it was in Mr. Christian's room. Probably when I was like um, playing guitar or something. Yeah. But I remember he would always be with this uh, this other teacher who was like uh, I think the choir director. Yeah, Bell. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Bell, and you know always be doing his thing, singing. And I'm like, yo, who is this kid, yo? Yeah. Like, so his so sick. his mentor at the time basically wanted me to to sing for their concert. Right. Yeah. And then that's when I that's how me and Ro met. Fast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. This is music class, or it was yeah. it was, was a guitar club. A guitar club. Yeah. yeah. Wow. How old were you then? I was like maybe thirteen. Wow. Yeah, like thirteen. Dope. And how do you get get into music and like playing the guitar at thirteen? Bas- uh, yeah. I remember with um. Was that thing that was that was common back then? Like I say, a thirteen year old black boy playing guitar. See you putting it that way. Totally <laughs> not, bro. <laughs> like an orange. Like it was weird because like I was like the only. Well, we, it was a few of us. Yeah. But it wasn't like as they weren't as active. Like you know, as soon as I hopped on, I'm like, oh my god, this is like everything. And, yeah. You know, I just ran with it. But yeah. through the years, is yeah, it wasn't really as active anymore. Mm. But um, yeah, you know. And you just stuck to it. I just, yeah, you stuck to it. You know, it's the only thing. It's, it's especially when you're growing up in orange, you gotta have something that kind of makes you stick out. Well, for me, I always look for like things that make me stick out. You know, right. and there wasn't like much 
guitars. Yeah. So it's like so like in why, high school. A lot he, of music or why? What do you mean stick out? Why did you have like stick out from what? There's a lot of like drug dealers, a lot of yeah, like, yeah, gang bangers, yeah, a lot of, a lot of yeah, popular yeah. kids out there. Like those yeah. were like a lot of popular kids, you know. Yeah. People who were just in the streets. And a stuff. lot of stigmas. Yeah. So if you weren't like really in the streets, like you need to find something to make you stand out. Yeah. You know? True, because they're like that guy got that yeah. thing. Because you know, everybody knows sports, everybody. Yeah. And the, like for Chris, it was like, oh, this dude sings <clears throat> butt off, singer, da da da. And I yeah. see. Yeah. I was like, oh, guitar dude. Yeah. 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 You, got, you got the sports, sports the jocks. jocks. Yeah. Do you find that when you got your thing, like music or whatever, like uh, people respect you or they let you do your thing or they protect you at all or no? Or do they try to like do they, the opposite of, of uh, bring you to their. Nah, I mean, yeah. they, it was a lot more respect, to be honest with you. Like, just yeah. even being, being in a choir in high school, like, people wouldn't, like, people had, like, some sort of, like, regard for us. Like, nah, like, these dudes, like, don't even bother messing with them. Like, yeah. they, you know, they, they stick with their own lane. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it yeah. was, it was dope. It was dope, you know? Because yeah. there's somebody, you know, there's OGs that try to protect you. Like, yo, nah, don't come to, like, exactly. don't do yeah. this. Exactly. You're better than this. Yeah. yeah. Like, and there's other kids that I like, can't you know, like, it was really cool yeah. in high school, yeah. though, because, like, our, our, our mentor, uh, Milnes, yeah. um, in high school, he he was very, like, cool. He was cool with everybody. So he was able to get through to a lot of different types of, like, kids, you know? So, like, even kids in sports, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. if he saw potential in you, he would invite you to come into the choir room. And he would teach you everything he could that you would allow him to, basically. Mm -hmm. So, in a way, our, our, our group and our, our team became very diverse. And, you know... Super. Yeah, it was there was, like, football players, basketball players, you know, people that never would have been in the choir prior, you know? Yeah, so it's really important to have these resources, right? Because like, yeah, yeah, if there was no music program, yeah. or uh, instruments, mm. or anything like that, mm -hmm. like what would you guys have done? That's I would have dropped point. out of school, to be honest. That's a good point. Wow. It kept you in school. Yeah, it's the only. How? Yeah, I would yeah. have been. I would have been game banging. I'm not even gonna hold you. <laughs> yeah. It. It like something about it. <laughs> Either you said it I brings it like the. <laughs> It brings in the, the chicks. So yeah. for some, it's just the stigma behind it, man. It was weird, but I definitely would have been. I don't think that. you would have ended up getting it's, it's, it's intoxicating. I don't know, if you bro. Did, Yo, bro I it's so intoxicating, no? Because yeah, you've seen yeah. it in movies. Yeah. You're you watching know? And it's like all Payton around Bull, you. You're watching you know? all these gangster, like classic movies, yeah. the music Menace videos. Menace Society. Yeah. yeah, like, it's cool. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's portrayed as cool, right? Exactly. And if you're, you're a nerd like Chris over here reading dictionaries, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Man, I, it's hard to stick to that thing. It, it is, it is, you know, but that's why I'm like, it was, I'm grateful I found like a niche, you know, and like yeah. good good peers, you know, like like Chris is to, that's sticking to their own lane. It's like, mm -hmm. I had to really, really get him to, to like, to come and, and do stuff sometimes because like he would always be like, he's a, he's a guy that likes to just dip off and like you won't hear shit from him for a minute. It's like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing with yourself? It's true. All right, I'm doing this. Come through. Facts. And like, Facts. it took me a minute to even get, even get him like to do the choir and shit because mm. he was just always doing other stuff. But he was always like very like always writing music, and that's what people knew him for. Yeah. You know, as you know that the guitar player. Oh, you play guitar, right? Anytime we would do little events around the town, like we mm -hmm. would all leave after school and be like, oh, Rose playing here. Let's all go. Mm. You know, show support and show love, and everybody would just be in love and in love with this guy. How, how how are you guys finding? How are you finding like navigating music in this day and age? You know what I mean. You're playing guitar. Yeah. You know, you're performing. And you're going, you guys are going different parts of the country or whatever. Like how, how is it to be, to be a musician in 2019 and beyond? It's, it's cool. I mean, yeah. It's new. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's surreal. It's still surreal. You know, it's crazy is that, you know, we wake up and we get to do what we love, what, what we've been wanting to do since we were literally kids. Yeah. You know? Oh, since I was a kid, I've always looked up to, you know, John Mayer. Yeah. I've looked up to MJ. I've looked up to the greats. Always. And it's really dope to be. Is the like minimum goal, the minimum, minimum base goal, like, yo, music, pay my bills, and I can do music full time? I never thought no. music would pay my bills. I ain't yeah. gonna hold you, bro. Yeah. I never thought that shit. Yeah. I never thought that shit because all my family would be like, well, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta find a backup. Yeah. And figure out a backup. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. That's another thing as well, too. The, mm -hmm. the parents. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, what did they say about the, like, when, you know, it's cute when you're playing 13 years old playing guitar, but then you're, like, getting older and older and, like, Where's, yo, yeah. you know, it's, what are you it's, doing? It's, it's interesting because, like, I've always been, 
you know, just gigging or doing music. But like my parents never really, like you know, thought it was like I would get anywhere. But then like they always knew, you know, me and Chris were like good comrades. Like we always like doing music music together. So then when he got the opportunity to go on tour and he approached me to be his guitarist, and I'm like, oh, what? Sure, let's let's do this. What you know? So then I to, I. I approached my parents and I told them about it and they're like oh yeah go ahead do your thing like we know Chris like and I'm Caribbean so they're like very protective yeah. you know I'm like a, a grown man but, you know. they, where are you from? Uh, Haiti Haiti okay yeah, yeah. yeah did they expect you like what did, did they expect you to like be something different than a musician though even though you they know that you've always just been like like you've always been real so but did they like try to press like press you to do anything else? nah I mean I, it was either that or be a teacher you know that's right yeah you didn't I want to be a teacher. teacher and I told I told you no I was like yeah I was, teacher. it's funny I, <laughs> yeah, I, even in school I was like yo I don't know if this is for me that's bro. right like, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was, I, that would be a teacher but I was always like just always gigging though always gigging yeah. just always I always for me I always knew like even even for this guy I'm like I always knew like music was gonna be it for us man like from from high school middle school mm-hmm. performing on stages it's like I know it's gonna happen. You know, it's all consistency. So you have this opportunity right now. Like, how do you make sure you make the most of it? Like, uh, what's like, I guess the mind frame that you guys have is like, yo, all right, we on now, mm. and like we chilling. <laughs> or is it like, yo, we we gotta go hard? Oh yeah, go hard every day. <laughs> when you when you look at what's around you, yeah, in terms of other artists out there, right? Like, there's so many artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out there. I find that is, is people big. who, if you're there slacking, you could be replaceable. Like that. Right? Mm-hmm. So you always got to be on your toes. Somebody else could just be coming for your job like that, you know? That's how the industry works. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I don't think you... Are you replaceable, though? Nah, not me. But... I mean, there'll, <laughs> there'll never be another you. You're as original as you'll ever be. Facts. 100. And you'll, there'll never be another you. You right. so like to add the idea to think you can be replaced. Somebody else can come in to, if you if you're in like a, a high spot, somebody else can come in and take that spot. Well, yo, like somebody on one of your video comments yeah. is like, yo, uh, there's an artist who used to make music or is not making music. It's like, oh, I found my this that previous my artist was, was f- like they didn't say you're exactly like them, but then yeah. he's like, you know, they there was a. They're uh, like, this is my replacement artist. Like, th- I'm this is I'm gonna listen to this artist instead of this artist now. Somebody like, said that. Yeah, it was. I read that comment. <laughs> what? I don't. Right? I don't remember what artist it was, but I do remember reading that comment somewhere. Right. So they're like, That's oh, funny. you know, like, cause that artist is not making music, cause maybe like he has issues or whatever. Oh, but yeah, like, yeah. but <clears throat> like, you, you, yes, if you're expressing yourself uniquely, there mm-hmm. is nobody like you. But yo, there's. It's not like if you stop making music, there's no music to listen to. Nah, big facts. Big fact. True. Indeed. You know, I mean, I see it as like music. It's not like you're replaced, but music is like, a, it's so organic and it has so much uh, like impact on just us as human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, even if an artist has like a dropped a marvelous album, then they disappear the next day or for the next years and you don't hear from them anymore, but the craft is still there. It still like plays a role in your life, depending on, you know, for sure, like yeah. if, the, if the quality's there, yeah, if the quality, if it's like there, that impactful like, of a of a record, like all of yeah. it. And and are you guys no, are you noticing that in terms of there's artists who got a, they're releasing an EP a million things a year, but the quality is not as strong. And then there's Frank Ocean, he could like literally be gone for three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could drop something, be gone for two, three years, right? And pe- people want it, mm-hmm. and but he can do that. Cause he's the quality is at that level. I think that the type of artist that Frank is, if he yeah. was a person to release like constantly, constantly, and without really like spending time with this music, yeah, like that's usually the reason why people would take a long hiatus, like to focus on balancing their life and their music and making the best quality. But yeah. if, if Frank was the type of person who's just like, I recorded a record yesterday, let's drop this. I recorded a record today, drop this, without really living with it for a moment. Yeah, I don't know if he'll still be the same way. We'll still see him the same way. Yeah. Probably because he's just fucking amazing, but yeah. But just but like, I find that it gives you permission, like if you're working on quality, to take your time with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. Right. Yeah. yeah very that true. is true. Right. So and a person like him could put out a song that he wrote yesterday and still make a really really quality project Dope. and put out months later. Uh, what would you guys like to say to the creatives out there as we're wrapping up today, like f- specifically to creatives, the people who are listening right now, and they wish. They could be touring. They could wish they leave. They can leave their state for music or the country for music. What would you like to say to them? I would just say, really, just draw close to yourself and understand what you like and what you don't like. Become like 
become driven on what on what you're doing this for. What like what is the purpose that you're in this game for? Figure that out, execute it, and then once that's complete, get the fuck out, or do whatever you want in life. But set a goal, and just go for that. Like go like drive towards it like incessantly. Hmm. You know, but just stay stay true to who you are always. And a follow up to that is how do you make sure you don't get distracted? Because distraction. It's a lot of distraction. It's a lot. <laughs> You got to keep those right people around you, people who know who you are, people who understand mm-hmm. your yeah. vision as well. You got to keep those people mm-hmm. around you. Yeah. And, you know, de- develop a healthy relationship with these people. You know, because yeah. these are people when you get to that, when you get to that level and then there's people, when you can't trust anybody, those are the people that you're going to have to depend on, you know, because once you get to like, like the weekend, like if we can, can't just go to like anybody and be like, hey, what do you think about this song? Blah, 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 blah you know? And mm-hmm. everybody's gonna tell him, "Oh yeah, this is dope. It's fire," because he's because he's a fucking weekend. Yeah. But like, whereas he has his team, who's who probably you know, he go back and forth with hash it out with all the time. That you know, he'll really really respect their opinion, and I think that that's like what every creative should do: develop a team, and just make sure that everybody's on the same page. If everybody's on the same page, you can't lose. Mm-hmm. Preach, bro. Anything else you want to say? Consistency. Yeah. You know, definitely consistency and believing yourself. And I think it's people, possible, man. I yeah. think people say consistency all the time because consistency is hard. No, it is. Yeah, but it starts like within. Like as soon as you find your center within yourself, and you have like. Feet. Where's your center? Okay. My center. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know, like once you um kind of, I, I I meditate a lot, so I, I'm always telling people like you know you just definitely just find like your center like what you're comfortable with your with your peers and fall on that to kind of give you that consistency yeah. and push you know yeah and with that you can't lose whatever you do you just got to keep on going regardless you got to wake up every day if you could wake up every day you wake up and you have full sight full health you have mm-hmm. no excuse you have no excuse not to not to do something towards your dream mm. so like when if you're upset because things aren't going the way that you want to then maybe you're just not working hard enough or maybe i don't know maybe it's not for you also it takes a lot of it takes a lot of willpower to to do this. It takes a hell of willpower to do this. Hello. You gotta know how to channel the energy too. If it's negative, channel it something like some way yeah. for it to like work in your benefit. It, you know? To turn it to positive or to put it into something mm-hmm. so you get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh yo, thank you guys for your time. Any last words to the people out there before, you know, we out of here? I just wanna thank y'all so much for having me, man. I'm yeah. very, very excited to uh to be here. This is my first time doing a podcast, so it's really cool. Hey, the come up show podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys. Thank you for coming Absolutely. through. Thank you for having us, man. Dope. Oh, and uh, make sure you guys check out Admissions, the new video streaming now. And I got an EP coming soon. Boom. And that is my conversation with nobody on the Come Up Show podcast. Special thanks to him and his team. And special thanks to his friend Ro for coming through and giving us some knowledge for real, for real. It's very important for creatives to take that time for reflection, man. And, yo, this is what we do. This is the, the goal. You know, I'm trying to inspire and let you know these are the conversations that I have with artists. And, yo, if you enjoyed this conversation, we have plenty more like it, almost 200 episodes. Check out our previous catalog. And if this is your first time tuning in, you can Subscribe to the Come Up Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Cheddar. I'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.